Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC. And you're live on Joy 99.7 FM. This is Ghana Connect. And today, it's one of those days where the individual bondholders haven't relented at all in the fight to get their bonds exempted, particularly the pensioners who are holding on to these bonds. We've been talking about it on Top Story. Of course, today, the highlight was the former Chief Justice, Justice Sophia Kufu, her lordship joining that particular protest. She says the bonds that she signed on to had no clause in there that suggested that the government can decide to shortchange her because the economy is in crisis. One of her primary concerns today when she expressed it at the protest was the fact that she simply does not believe the government has done enough themselves to sacrifice, to show that they've sacrificed their own part to get us out of this particular crisis. He says, we are not your last option. And she's been speaking about this today. It takes us to our conversation uh, today about what happened this week. And there's a link to that. The, the, the growing calls for government to cut its own size, to show good faith and to show the evidence that they are also sacrificing their bet. I want to listen to uh, Sophia Kufu and the way she put it when she interacted with my colleague, uh, James Aveji, at the gates of the finance ministry today. If there is the need to restructure debts, before you even decide you're going to restructure debts, the first thing you need to do, I believe, 
is to look within your what is fully under your control and see where you can cut this you can postpone this you can reprioritize and be honest with the people of ghana because of a b c d and f we will shelve this we will put this uh, on 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 the back burner we will prioritize this because it has to do with education it has to do with uh, 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 a human life and so on and so forth you don't just dump at the low hanging fruit and uh, the people whose money is in your hand and you're going to tell them okay uh, your money is in my hand and this is how you're going to get it back it's rude it's wicked it's unlawful it's not right it's 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 it lacks good faith it lacks humanity it, because oh you know we are sitting here because we are well enough to come. Do you know how many people are, are languishing at home? Do you know how many people who are not even, uh, you know, they are in such a bad state, they are not even aware of what's going on, but they are, they, it's their investments that have been keeping them alive. You don't know, you don't care. No, and, and uh, you do not, you do not touch the... The, 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 the old people you don't you don't you do not touch the funds of the of the uh, of the aged when you have not done other things you have not done due diligence you have not checked on what other things you do we are not your last resort you haven't reached the point of last resort if they think they've reached the point of last resort they should prove it to us and show us why this is the only solution and in any case it's not a lawful solution so they can they should not even go there because if they change the law today it will not affect what has already accrued so that's uh her lordship madame sophia kufu speaking there and she makes that point when she began articulating her views on this that the first thing you do when you're in a crisis such as this is to check and to deal with the things that you are in complete control of. Many have said that points to, one, your size of government, look at your own expenditure and cut there first before you extend it elsewhere. And she believes the government hasn't done that enough and so loses the moral authority to ask her to sacrifice. And it, 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 this is happening, and she said this in the week when the president had an opportunity to reshuffle his government the question we are asking you tonight on the back of that is, did the president miss that opportunity to reduce the size of his government in keeping with what you've just heard the uh, immediate past Chief Justice express there? We're going to be connecting on that. And I want to bring in my connectors who are joining me right now for a conversation. Abdul Karim uh, Ibrahim is a researcher, graduate st- uh, student and a journalist. Hello, Abdul. Hello, Abdul. Hello, Karim. Okay, uh, please unmute for me if you're on. Uh, is also uh, connecting. He is a blogger and a friend of the show. Hello, Della. Hello, hey. Evans. How are you Happy doing? New Year. I'm great. Long time no talk. Yeah, I'm around. Happy New Year. Fantastic. Is Karim on? Hello, Evans. Hey, Karim. Yeah, I'm here, Evans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great to hear you and uh, Happy New great Year. Great to be here again, Evans. Yes. Uh, uh, Isaac is a, uh, he's a freight forwarder and connects uh, via Zoom as well. Hello, Isaac. Isaac, please unmute and let me hear you. Hello, Evans. Hi, great to hear you. Hello, Evans. I can hear you yeah. loud and clear. Thank you very much. Thank Kojo. you. Kojo is a business marketing consultant uh, based in Canada and connects with us. Uh, Kojo Dadinyami Usubwachi. 
Hello, Kojo. Oh, hi, Evans. Great to have you connecting with us uh, tonight. And uh, guess who else is connecting with us? Carla. Uh, Carla Limpio is a corporate lawyer, founder of the Agency 77, a business advisory firm in Ghana. Look for them on the web and, and reach out to Carla. Carla connects uh, with us via Zoom as well. Hello, Carla. Hi, Evans. Good to be here. Good to have you connect with us. Listen, uh, gentlemen and lady, I, I want to start by bringing in two connectors we haven't had before but they are distinct because they are pensioners they are peers of madame sophia kufu i just want to interact with them very briefly about what is happening and get the sense of uh what they what they make of the current situation and then i'll come to you to to share your thoughts on everything that's happened today and the comment by the former chief justice uh, and and what we will hear uh, from our pensioners who are connecting with us uh, tonight. Uh, connecting with me on the phone is Dr. Samuel Amakwe. He's a retired medical doctor. Hello, Doc. Hello. Hey, great to have you connecting with us tonight. Yeah, thank you. Seth Ohine is a retired civil engineer. Hello, Seth. Hello, Ivan. Hi. Yes, my name is Seth Ahine. Seth Ahine. Yes. yes. Great, uh, I'm grateful that uh, you're connecting with us tonight. Thank you, Ivan. Great. Um, I want to start with you, uh, Dr. Ama. Dr. Ama, so were you at the were you at the finance ministry this week? Yes, <clears throat> yes, I was there yesterday. Oh, you were there yesterday. Uh, so you missed the former chief justice today? No, today I couldn't go today. You yesterday, you couldn't go today. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure you've heard what she's had to say today. Yes, I did. I wonder what 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 you made of the things she said. Yeah, I agree, I agree with the former chief justice. I agree with him. I agree with him. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I believe I, might, I'm, I may have heard your story uh, on, on our network yesterday. You may have spoken mm -hmm. to my colleague James Avaji. And, mm -hmm. and James tells your, your story about why you, you went there yesterday. Um, I, I believe James told us that you, you are 80 plus and you need the resources, your hard-earned investment that you've put in over years, more than eight decades of working uh, yeah. into into it, and you need it back so you can survive. Tell us a story. Yeah. Uh, to, to introduce myself, uh, I'm, I'm the... Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Samuel Makwe, a retired a private medical practitioner. I retired in 2017 due to ill health. And uh, as, we, as we grow old, we try as hard to plan, we plan ahead for everything. And this is what I did. Uh, I'm, uh, actually, I'm a uh, uh, I am an individual uh, bondholder. I bought the bond in August 2022, and it's maturing in September 2022. And all of a sudden, I heard that, no, I can't uh, get my money, but I have to participate. And I, 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 I can't do it because of my sickness. Mm. Uh, that, Actually, I'm suffering from a chronic kidney disease, uh, stage 4. And I know in stage 4, it can go to stage 5. Uh, 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 it was renal, renal failure later. But it can, straight from stage 4, it, it could go to uh, renal failure once. It's all, I'm trying hard, I'm managing but still, nobody knows. And you're managing because of the savings that you've you've put down in the bonds, yeah. the coupons you were taking. That's what you were using to manage. Yes. Um, Uncle Seth, I mean, what's what's your personal story? I wonder whether you also are the finance ministry to protest. No, I was there yeah. yesterday. Yes, yeah, I've been there. Uh, I was there Tuesday. Wednesday and Thursday. Today I couldn't go because uh, I lost uh, one of my nephews and I had to go and chase the death uh, certificate and all those. So by the time I finished, it was too late to get there. But I uh, had polio as a one-year-old. I went on to train as a civil engineer. And I've worked extensively in the mining industry in project management. But for somebody who's had polio, my condition in later life is different from somebody who has led a normal life throughout. So I decided to put down enough <coughs> money in these bonds so that I'll be able to cater for my medical care, drugs, even if it becomes necessary at a certain point to be flown outside for treatment, I'll have enough money. So what I've done is uh, spread it out. So I have about uh, nine or 10 of them. It's only in two months that I don't get anything. So that every month I get something to cater for my needs. I mean, I was shocked when initially we were told we will not get anything in 2023. 
I mean, is that a death sentence? No, I don't. Evans, I don't think what is happening is is right. So from the ten percent, then they moved it to the, from the zero. They moved it to I, I believe uh, five, and then now to fifteen. Um, but from if you if you are the protest, then I believe you you belong to the group that insists give us a clear exemption. Yes, we should be giving a clear exemption because that three uh, percent that we are haggling about now. For me, it means uh, 6,000 CDs. And 6,000 CDs is my medical bill for one and a half months. Each month, my medical bill is 4,000 Ghana CDs. So that is my medical bill for one and a half months. So for this one and a half months, look, I'll tell you something, Ivan. When up to December, I was doing some consultancy work, so the mine was taking care of my medical bills. Now, when I came back, I thought, look, my high-breath pressure medicines were costing me too much, so I reduced the dosage to half and uh, do exercises and so on. Within three, four days, it shot up so high, I've had to go back to the original dosage. You see, so if you tell me you are taking away this three percent, you are taking away my medication for one and a half months, and I will die. Um, the the finance minister today met your leaders, uh, Edwanani and Trian Co. Um, Doctor Samuel Ama, he he met Edwanani and Co. today, and said that, and um, we we had that because Edwanani addressed the media afterwards. The finance minister insists that a 15% coupon uh, for you uh, and the maturity extension to five years is the best offer on the table and that you have the choice of deciding not to participate uh, but again warn that if you don't participate then tradability will be an issue. So that is his final message today after the, today's protest. Well, what do you say to the finance minister, uh, Dr. Samuel Makwe, on the back of what he told your leaders today? No, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't participate. And I, I need my money to... Uh, I, I need the money to, uh, I mean, uh, to buy my drugs and then for my diabetes. And Uncle Seth, what do you say to the finance minister when he said that today? It, it, it's very insensitive, and uh, that is not what I expect from a leader. We voted them into power to lead us. If you are a leader and there are problems, you must come out with win-win solutions. There are so many ways that this government can cut down on expenditure. And even my son, I gave him my old distance, uh, uh, Toyota High Loss Picker, three liter. The price of fuel has gone up so high. One morning, I woke up and the car was there. He was gone. When he came back from work, I asked him, Kwesi, why didn't you go to work with the car? He said, I can't buy petrol, so I, I prefer to take Trotro to work. And, and he's still doing that. You look with interest. If Kwesi knows that he can't manage to buy fuel, 
it will affect his income. So he parked the car. We as a government, well, we, they as leaders, should look within and cut down areas which will let them save so that we will have uh, freedom to lead our lives the way we have planned it. And you believe they haven't done that yet? I don't see the evidence, Evans. If, if, you, if you know the evidence, tell us on air. Maybe you know, I don't know. But it is, or maybe your other panelists can tell us on air so that the whole world can hear it. I haven't seen the evidence. I mean, Dr. Samuel Amakwe, um, Madam Sophia Kofu, the former Chief Justice, also made the same point today, that you look within first, cut within, and, uh, and, and show us the evidence. He says she's not seen the evidence yet. Do you also believe for a, a pensioner who is dependent on the coupons to survive because of your medical condition, that your government hasn't done enough to sacrifice, and possibly that sacrifice then uh, makes it possible for you to be exempt? Uh, I think they are exempted. Uh, because uh, in my case, I don't receive any coupons. Uh, because I put the money there and it's maturing in, in, in September this year. And I must, I'm certain I should get, I should get my, my money fully to look after myself. Finally, uh, to you, Dr. Ama Kwei. Um, as we, as, as we stand tonight, the finance minister is insisting that um, it, nothing will change. Mm. What, what, what do you plan to do next with, with your colleagues um, going forward? Uh, I can't do anything. Uh, then I do, I'll, get, I'll get my money. And uh, we, shall, we shall continue to go, go, go to the, uh, I mean, with the Minister of Finance daily. And protest, um, Uncle Seth. Finally, to you, the finance minister today makes the point that you are not getting zero. We are getting fifteen percent over a five-year period. I mean, isn't fifteen percent good enough? Yes, Ivan. <clears throat> I went into this with a certain plan, and that plan was eighteen percent over so many years, spread out over so many months. So if per my plan you want to take away part of the income that I was expecting, then you want to scuttle the whole plan I made for my life. And that could, uh, I, I emphasize again, that could be the difference between life and death for me. So that is the strong message I want to send to the finance minister, that what he's doing means he wants to send me to my grave early. And if that is what he wants, then it is his problem. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, uh, Seth Aheni. He's a retired civil engineer. Uh, Dr. Samuel Amakwe and also retired medical doctor, both pensioners who have been uh, protesting all week at the finance ministry. Uh, I want to bring in the rest of my connectors now uh, who are, have been listening into this conversation because it, it sort of ties in with that conversation I want to have with them. And, and Dr. Uh, Seth Aheni, just like the former Chief Justice, make the point 
that they both have not seen the sacrifice uh, from their government. And I want to bring you in, Karim, uh, on, on, the, on the subject, because yeah, they, they, the president had an opportunity this week um, to start showing to Seta Hene, the former chief justice, the evidence of that, you know, expenditure <clears throat> cut in a way that reduces the size of government significantly and, and, and begins to show that the government is carrying its own burden in trying to fix this economy. Uh, did the president miss an opportunity? Well, Evans, I think it, it, it depends on where one uh, is looking at this from. And, and I wonder if you, Evans, truly, truly, truly believe that there was any opportunity at all in the first place. And I ask you so because um, if you just oppose the conversation that we are having and this seeming expectation against the nature of our politics, right? The politics characterized by a very docile culture, a partisan culture also protected by, by loyalty, the kind that you get from a protective, frustrated dog, and zero interest in real accountability. If you look at all of that, I don't see how anybody really expected anything, because here's why. With the economy obviously down in the pits, and, and I mean, you can't, you can't kill a dead person at this point. And a crucial uh, primary is coming uh, in, in hopes of changing um, political hands, among many other things, to re even define the future of, of power and where it stands in the ruling party's own uh, system, among other things. You have to make a decision to stack people who consider political office as their I mean, first line of, of survival. And in case... Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Internal rough. Or risk it all in hopes that, I mean, people at the end of the day who are able to bulldoze our way through with the debt restructuring uh, would have everybody by ending of 2023, early 2024, everybody coming back in line because of what I mentioned earlier about our docile uh, political culture and a zero interest in accountability. When I look at all of that, I really don't think that the president missed anything. If it isn't at all, I think that he he played according to the script. This is the reality that we have. And so for all the people that we were expecting that would lose their jobs, what, what, how, how did we imagine that was going to happen, especially at this particular point in, in, in time? And so for me, Evans, I appreciate that if the president had acted on what many expected, that would have been good. That would have made many of us very happy and all of that. But if you look at the reality of how we do our things, 
I don't know why anybody would reasonably expect that the president would have done any different from what he has. Interesting. Uh, Carla, did you also did you also didn't uh, did you also have a, a less expectation or a, a zero expectation going into this opportunity that the president had? Or you you probably also shared a view that it was an opportunity to roll. So so Evans, to be honest with you, I've always stayed clear of these demands even i mean obviously <laughs> in in kind of like you know conversations with friends or whatever for a cut down in the size of government because i've never been in government i don't know what it takes to run a government and so i'm not really in a position to know however you know i ask myself what is it that people are really asking for when they're asking for you know the government to be cut down and it's something that keeps coming up over and over again. What people are really asking for is to see a level of sacrifice from the government that they feel is commensurate with what ordinary people are being asked to do. That's what people are asking for. So whether it is a cut down in the size of government or it is something else, it really, really needs to be done because really fundamentally that's what people want to see. And clearly, people are not seeing it. And so that's why they keep making these demands. As to whether or not there was an actual opportunity, I really have no idea. I mean, I can't say I was expecting the government to be cut down. So I don't know. But what I do know is that clearly, I mean, for the former Chief Justice to have gone to picket today, and let me just say, um, if her ladyship is listening, that you know she really made me proud to be a lawyer today. I really admire her courage. She did not have to go and stand there. And, you know, I admire her for standing up. It just shows how strongly people feel about this. And it, it, it's everybody saying it, that they, they just are not seeing the level of sacrifice that they would expect from the government. If the government is sacrificing, they're not showing it enough. I mean, but Bakala just hit the nail on the head there. And I want to throw it to Efudela. Uh, so the whole former Chief Justice goes out to pick it. And her message was central to the, this conversation we're having, which is, I haven't seen the sacrifice. And so if it, it took the former, former Chief Justice to go and say that, and everybody hasn't been saying it, by the way. I mean, of course, she amplified it. You've just had the two pensioners we spoke to make the same point. Uncle said was, was clear about this, that show me your old sacrifice. Why do you think it's, be, it's, become, it's become so impossible for the political leaders, the president, who obviously has the ultimate power, to simply comply. Um, Evans, um, I think first before I I answer the question or attempt to answer the question, the the stories from the the two pensioners really had me close to tears. Um, it was really painful to hear, and also seeing the former general. It was really shocking. You know, when we're growing up, we always had this idea that you save for a rainy day so that when you become old, you don't have to be burdened to people. And seeing people who have done exactly the thing that we told them to do, being put in this situation is very difficult. I, I think that um, the, the call for the reduction of the, ministry, the various ministers and um, ministries has been something we've been calling for for a long time and um, I feel like I honestly feel like the president and his people are detached from reality in a certain way they they seem to think that people are exaggerating their suffering which is 
like which is very ridiculous to me and th that's the the feeling i get and i might be wrong because um some of the pronouncements that they make on how they are going to deal with this situation are very difficult like um initially when do it the talks of paying people by a span of 15 years um evans in 15 years ago, 5,000 CDs, uh, 5,000 CDs was a note that could do a lot of things for you. That 5,000 CDs right now is 50 pesos. And if you are thirsty, you might not be able to get 50 pesos to buy water at places. Um, you can't buy bottled water if you can't, if you don't have um, anything bigger than 50 pesos. So the payment plan to pay people in the period of 15 Yes, it's just ridiculous, totally detached from reality, and honestly, very mean. And seeing the president um, not making even grand gestures, that may be empty gestures, to appeal to the sentiments of people is very, very um, disconcerting for me. Because one of the things I understand about leadership and that I've grown is that sometimes you might not be able to do something, but you can make a symbolic gesture to appease the people and get them to follow you in a particular direction. For example, when we were calling for the firing of the finance minister, it might not necessarily have changed something, but it would have given faith to people that the president is listening to their plights. But the president was very adamant about doing this. And on top of that, when one minister stepped down, he went ahead to add that person's portfolio to the Minister of Finance, which was kind of rubbing salt in the wounds of people who have been asking for this. So honestly, I think that the president and his um, his team are very detached from reality. I don't know if they know what they are doing or if they are, they are seeing the plight of people. Honestly, seeing people, the pensioners picketing for their own money was so disheartening to me. I remember tweeting today, asking if anybody would ever be interested in investing in bonds in this country again after like this sordid uh, experience. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and that that is the consequence of all this uh, down the line that we would have to confront, even if we overcome this kind of economic crisis. But you made a point I want to uh, get the thoughts of uh, Isaac on. Isaac, is it a case that our leaders are simply detached from reality, as Ethel explains? Hello, Evans. Thank you very much. And... Uh, I would say greetings to my fellow panelists. And Evans, um, I've been very down listening to the pensioners and also listening to the fellow panelists. And I agree with Carla that uh, um, I wish that we don't link um, the downsizing of the government to this uh, inhumane uh, um, approach. Um, I, I'm a government communicator and these decisions make it very difficult for us to 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 even come out and speak for the party. It is also a very symbolic event to see a former chief justice who is a party member picketing against a decision by her own government. It is it is very instructive, and I think if anything has, I, I must indicate though that uh, Madame Sofia Kufu, nobody knows what what party she belongs to, and I think we should we should just leave her, you know, the partisan, uh, you know, tagging out of this. She just went there as a former chief justice, as a citizen who is affected to 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 express her own uh, wishes and to protest. Let's just keep it at that, so that you know, in Ghana, once she says somebody is this, then it changes the whole conversation. So I, I wanted to take that out. She just went there as somebody affected. To just go out there and protest. Let's keep that at I, I, I'm I, sure you, I, you appreciate, you appreciate not that. Noted, noted, yes, exactly. noted. I understand. 
all I'm saying is that I agree with what all panelists have said and also what the pensioners have said. This is a very inhumane decision. And I think the better the government sits down to, to rectify it, the better for all of us. Um, to spread uh, somebody's uh, um, funds or investment for 15 years, like the last uh, speaker before me said, it's the, the money will, we know we know how our money inflates in this country and to listen to people whose medication is based on this investment and for the finance minister to come out and say this is a give a give or take issue it's it's very sometimes you you, you have to communicate but the way you go about your communication uh, uh, goes down to speak volumes of of, of 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 your sensitivity and other things what i would say is that the pensioners have invested their money. They are not as strong as they were 20, 15 years ago. And definitely they will not be able to get the things that they have whilst they were working, actively working. And anything short of what they have agreed before they did this investment will be inhumane. And I plead with my government to sit down again, go through this. It is not giving us a very good image. This is a bad decision. This is a decision that nobody can defend. Nobody with a good conscience can defend. And I think that we will not do ourselves any good by going out as party people to defend this decision. This can never be a give or, a give or take issue. We should go back to the investment plan of these pensioners and make sure that they get their deal. We should sit down with them and whatever, how they want this plan to go, this uh, uh, domestic debt exchange program should go, we should listen to them. Evans, I am not happy. And I don't think this is a good call for, for us as a nation. It, it kills investment drive. It, it, it kills trust in, 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 in the bond sector. And it, it is not going to help us. I mean, it's good to There's every now and then, it's good to every now and then hear the voices from within. Abdul Karim, I wonder, so this is a voice from within giving us a sense of the, the disillusionment among the ranks of, you know, party, you know, communicators, et cetera, and government communicators. Does that suggest um, and as Efo Della possibly, you know, make the point that there is a complete detachment from the reality. Even the those associated with communicating the government policies, etc., are feeling the pinch and know this is wrong. But the leaders at the top, there's a clear, you know, Chinese war that has now been erected between us and them. Is that what the problem really is? Yeah, I mean, I think that it explains it in parts. But also, it is even bigger and deeper than that. And, and I don't mean to, to take a slight at uh, a, a, a colleague who has just made a point. But I, I just wanted to also say that it is, for, it is not for nothing that maybe you or myself or the very many people who consume um, political discourse in this country may not exactly know um, this gentleman. Uh, don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. As candid as he has spoken, I believe, there's a reason why somebody like him, for instance, uh, and I'm taking this to be that this is his principled position 
on many other matters of, of this nature. There's a reason why I, I don't know him, right? And for me, it tells a, a story. L look around and, and look at the very many more prominent um, party communicators or government communicators that you know, and ask yourself, really, what is their own disposition also? If you look, listen to the chief communicator of the government, or if you listen to, well, he has been very silent uh, lately, but if you listen to the chief communicator of the party, right, do you get the impression, for instance, that even the people around the presidency or, or, or the government as it is in, in power today have any sense of awareness of the sort of things that we are talking about here? And for me, that is where the, the problem is. And that's why I went back to an earlier point. I'm going back to an earlier point about the docility that we have and the culture that we have created. So today, everybody is praising the former Chief Justice for going out there, and I don't take anything away from, from her. But there's something that she said that really sticks out for me. If you listen to the interview very well, there's a part almost to the end of it where she says, I mean, basically, Yenkia, or we know go do. It is basically what, what she was essentially saying. And it sounded very, very off and very different. This is because here in Ghana, oftentimes when people are pushed to the wall and they vent their spleen, they speak, we like to police sentiments. So there's a certain discourse that we want to see. There's a certain tone that we want to hear from people and all of that. Today, even though yeah, she was very calm and, and all of that, that was very poignant for me because what she's essentially saying that if you don't take this thing away from us and come back to us with some humility, nobody's going to listen to you. And these things are said by Fix the Country. They're said by many other activists in very different lights. But the way that we take them, and oftentimes are very quick to tell especially young people to, to shut up and all of those things. You see, we are all, I mean, empathizing with pensioners. And again, I don't dispute that. But I do not think that for many of them, for instance, their situation is more precarious than, say, a, a teacher who has three kids and, and has nothing more than the little money that they have put, uh, 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 well, I mean, they have with the, with the government, even though that person may be 30, 40, 50 years. And you see, so there's there's a bigger problem here. But even for all of us, the way that we talk about it, sometimes it, it feels as though we're, we're only so empathetic with pensioners because somehow they are all probably, God forbid, going to die tomorrow. And for that matter, we need to empathize with them. It is beyond that. And the way, Evans, we generally come to conversations around accountability, around justice, among many other things like that, it frees us. And that's why today, when we are, I've seen that Oliver Baca, for instance, of Fix the Country has gotten a lot of backlash because he doesn't seem very enthused about the um, Chief Justice, um, what she did today. And to an extent also, I, I understand where he's coming from. Because, you see, for the elders of this country, if they would always pretend or whatever, act in a certain way that suggests that as for them, uh, they, they are not very confrontational, they, they don't like to, to come out as forcefully and as strongly as the Chief Justice has done now, and only wait up to the point of near collapse, it would be nice, we'll praise them, and we'll all be happy that they have done what they have done, but they won't amount to nothing. And for me, this should be a wake, an awakening for all of us to begin to realize that sometimes when people are agitated, we must seek to understand where it is that they are coming from. 
and not seek to rubbish them until the point when somebody like that, because we respect her, because we don't even think that it is her level to go out there. Because many say that, well, she's on a 40,000 Ghana CDs a month um, salary on retirement and many other things. And so she probably didn't even need to go there. It's true. But at the end of the day, that's, this is all that we're going to do. We're going to be very happy and excited that she has done an amazing job. But beyond that, what? We need to have a society and a system where we won't wait until moments like this before the most powerful voices of our society would realize that all of a sudden they have a voice and so they must speak. Carla, what do you, what do you say to that? <laughs> um, so the events of today and, and you know, the, the past couple of weeks have gotten me thinking about a very famous quotation. You've probably heard it. Uh, by a German pastor post-war um, after they'd been through kind of the Second World War. And, you know, he said, first they came for the socialists and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me and there was no one left to speak for me. And I'm not in any way equating what's going on in Ghana with the Holocaust or the or World War, but in a way I, I agree with, you know, some of the things that have been said that, you know, people have needed to take collective action before now because, I mean, this is what is happening today, that now everybody is suffering. And, I mean, this may be an unpopular opinion, but I don't believe that the president and the minister of finance and other government ministers are out of touch. And I don't believe that they don't care. I think they do care. I don't think that there's any way that they would want this situation to be happening. I don't think that they want people to be suffering. But, Evans, it is easy for people to believe that they don't care or they don't know because they are not showing that they do. They're not sacrificing. I mean, all around the world right now, we're hearing of mass layoffs, tech companies, Google, this, that, laying off tens of thousands of people here, there. I mean, you know, imagine if they were only laying off the lower ranks of people, no managers, no senior people. In any situation where you have to, you know, make sacrifices, you have to make them across the board. And as uh, one of my co-panelists said earlier on, even if it is just a symbolic gesture, show people you know part of the reason why people believe there is money somewhere and that there is there are many other choices is because they're not seeing some of the people that they feel are in leadership displaying you know a, a, an image showing that they are really cutting costs and sacrificing so i know a lot of people you hear a lot of people talking it's like oh there's money there's money i don't believe there is that much money but are we showing it? Are we showing people that there isn't money? Or are we, it's, it's almost like you're pointing fingers and somebody and saying you sacrifice, but I don't feel like I'm sacrificing. So it's, I mean, really what it comes down to, I don't know about cutting down government, I don't know about anything particular, but what it comes down to is that for people to believe that there is no money, you have to show them that there is no money. But if you live like there's a lot of money, why would anybody believe it?
And that, that's really what I have to say. Interesting point. I want to bring in Kojo Daddy on, 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 the, on the two points. And Kala agrees in part with Abdul Karim. And, and Kojo Daddy, you, 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 you are a Ghanaian. You, li you live in Canada. Many will argue that it won't get this bad in a country like Canada because there will be citizen accountability. There will be accountability. Um, and and the, the government will not be allowed. The checks and balances work. Citizens will not wait till it's, it gets this bad to pull out the big guns to call out the government and go and protest. Uh, is that a view you share? Yeah, it's a view I do share. And um, in Canada, we probably will look at it from two sides of the equation. One is a business com confidence point of view, and one is analytical confidence point of view. The business confidence has got to do with the people and how they react to the decision being made by the government by just keeping the size and reshuffling which I think is still a good decision, but because people feel like, okay, maybe the best thing the government could have done was to just reduce the size as a way of reducing expenditure, which one another serve as a bit of business confidence to the bondholders that, hey, the government shares in our pain and they're willing to pay off in the long run. But also from an analytical point of view, the government might be viewing it this way. Maybe we can keep the same size. Maybe we can send an agreement to those people coming in and say, hey, we can reduce the salaries for this period of time, then see the best initiatives to take that we don't know yet. So give it a 70-30 split. Yes, from a business confidence point of view, the government didn't do well. But from a political point of view, they probably have done well, which we don't know yet. We're waiting for further statements from the government to actually conclude on the statement. And what about the point about the Karim makes about accountability uh, and the docility the typical docility of of the average Ghanaian, uh, we wait to get really really bad before you begin to hear voices yeah um, num the average Ghanaian really waits for things to get bad before you actually get to the, to get to hear their voices and it's something that example let me use as an example so you know in order to be like the best we learn from the best so let's see Saudi Arabia Saudi Arabia in 2003 had a very terrible economy, very terrible economy, so terrible to the extent that it was getting close to shuts down. What did they do? They had to use their pro-business approach. They had to sell oil, and now they reduced their debt burden about 80% in 2003 to 10.5% in 2010. Now they have a very good economy. Now let's look at what happened with Sweden. Sweden in 1994, close to the 1990s basically, had a very terrible economy, close to financial ruin. What did they do? They had to would, reduce government spending and also would, increase taxes for a period of time. So yes, I do understand that people would have sentiments and comments about these, but I believe that's also from a political point of view, maybe the performance of those coming in there might actually generate more revenue for the government, hence pushing to be able to pay for the bondholders in the longer run. I mean, if the, let's, let's wrap up with, with the conversation around. So. Uh, there's, there's consensus around the table um, that yes, one, the government hasn't done enough. The possibly wasn't a missed opportunity this week for the president to downsize. That didn't happen. I mean, you could believe there's an opportunity or not, but the general sense is that, well, that would have helped the case. So it hasn't happened. The size remains the same. The cuts, if they're happening, we haven't seen the evidence yet. As a citizen, what can change? I mean, and Abdul Karim makes the point, and Kala agrees that we're too docile and possibly won't wait till the thing gets too bad before before we speak. Well, where we are, can citizens do more 
to get what they want out of out of their government at a time like this? And what can they so, do? So, Evans, um, maybe I might be. Uh, I, I don't agree that Ghanaians are docile. That's one of the things that I have. I have been to a few protests in the last 10 years. At least I've been to four or five protests in, in Accra. And um, a lot of people turned up in mass numbers. Um, I was at one of the protests and I saw um, how the police handled a few young men there. I saw somebody lose an eye at one of the protests. I saw a few of my friends get arrested. In fact, um, I remember one of the protests a few years ago, somebody called, a picture of my showed up, and somebody called and tried to get me fired from my job. Luckily, I went for a private company, and so that didn't happen. There are lots of people who are trying hard to make their voice heard. We, we, we heard a lot of young people who you would think are very detached from the situation, put out the, the fix the, your country thing. And we saw um, people who we should who should be standing beside these young people to, um, to fight for them, come out and say, fix yourself. We have a young generation that is very vibrant and is trying to do And we have an older generation who whose job it is to complement the vibrancy of the younger generation, fighting the younger generation. These are people who have not had um, any experience in such a bad situation and people who would have probably lived through the 80, through 83 and things who should be supporting the young people fight against such a bad system are telling people that they do not respect or because they have a beard or because they have an afro before or because they have dreadlocks they cannot speak so i do not think that Ghanaians are um, like at least my generation of Ghanaians are dosa i feel like we have we have, we have a cult um, um we have a generational war of people who are entrenched in a certain system who are benefiting from it fighting against people who want um, things to change. So that's my take on 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 the idea that Ghanaians are those. Are we like, it's very difficult to fight for things if whilst you are fighting for them, people are making it life more difficult because life goes on. Imagine if somebody tried to get me, somebody who was trying to get me fired had succeeded in getting me fired. In a country where it's hard to get a job, this would have made my life worse. So sometimes you have to think about these things, but I do not think Ghanaians are docile. Um, that's one of the things that, at least, I don't think people of my generation are docile. Mm. And Isaac, you you told us earlier that you are a government communicator. You had concerns. You believe what the current arrangement with individual bondholders should change. As a citizen yourself and, and somebody within, how do you get your leaders to change, to do what you've just told us must be done? Well, Evans, thank you once again. I think... Um we all know that this political thing and this political organization, everything has structures. And I wouldn't say it on air, but we have been meeting. And just this uh, last, this past uh, Tuesday, we met and communicators in the region, and we discussed these issues. We have we have relayed our our our, our sentiments to our our uh, our superiors, and we wish they would listen to us because it doesn't augur well for us. It doesn't augur well for the party, and it makes communication very difficult. Now, to, to touch a little bit on the docility of uh, uh, um, the, the Ghanaian youth, I agree with Dela. We are not dosa. The issue is that we are we are extremely partisan. So when things are, are, are going against us, and it is this party, party A, that is in power, even though party A have concern, they will not get involved. So it will be party B doing it. 
immediately party B comes to power. It is party B that talks, and then party A also uh, 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 decides to do otherwise. So that is our problem. We are not those. We 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 are we speak out. We 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 want to be heard. Just that we are too partisan. And I pray that a time will come that this generation will all sit down and know that we have only one country. And when it goes bad, it goes bad for all of us. And I think this decision is a bad one. And the government had to sit up. Thank you. Isaac, thank you very much. Abdul, uh, thank you very much. Efo Kala uh, Kojo, grateful that you could connect with us uh, tonight. I, I want to hear from the many of you who couldn't join us directly, but have sent many messages on our social media platform. Yes, Papa. Yes, Evans. So this connector all the way from Salt Pond Steel, he says these individual bond orders have the character of Shylock in Shakespeare's Merchant of Venice. They are coupons, even uh, that coupons should be given to them, even if the whole state suffers. Uh, this one, um, all the way from Kumasi from Sami says, listening to the plight of the retired Dr. Marquis and Mr. Ahene, my heart was really saddened. If the finance minister with as a word, I'm not sure I can use it. Goes ahead to include these individual bondholders in the debt exchange program. The unquenchable wrath of God, we beg you, would rather come upon the upon Ghana forever. Sami, I don't think all of us have to suffer in that. This one from Newtown, Nikoju tells us that if you take up an office and fail to deliver your mandate, the best and honorable thing to do is to resign and let others take up the mantle. Uh, this one all the way from North Kaneshi. Adam tells us, truth be told, this is the cruelest and most, um, another word, government that ever ruled this country. They should now, they should now bow their heads in shame. It's not a crime to invest in government um, today. Uh, this one from Patrick in Accra. He says, NDC is becoming lazy in opposition. Wheelchair 90-year-olds are on the streets demonstrating and NDC is fighting about where uh, Honorable Haruna um, should sit in parliament. Well, uh, this one without a name, unfortunately, says that we, we, the people of Ghana, are not angry enough. If we are really angry enough, the leaders in power will not be where they are now. And Evans, a few of you strong views there. Uh, this is obviously one of those conversations that engenders uh, a lot of passion. Grateful that you could connect with us tonight. Uh, thanks to Abdul Karim, Efo Dela is a blogger, Isaac Randolph, Carl Olympio, a corporate lawyer and founder of Agency 77 and a business advisory firm in Ghana, Kojo uh, Daddy, who connected with us from Canada, and all of you who listened in and sent in messages. Enjoy the rest of your evening.